0: Welcome to the Skill Stadium,
1: a podcast for the
0: skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium podcast. And I have with me today, Lori Genevis. Lori is the founder of My Ideal College, which is a business that prepares students high school students for college and for their careers so please welcome Lori genevis Lori, thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast how are you doing this evening
1: oh i you know i'm doing a great you know i'm a braiding a fan with what you do with phil stadium i'm doing good Excellent. Surviving the Atlanta heat. (laughs) Yes,
0: I know. It's been it's been pretty hot these days. I gotta say, you know, we were talking earlier about how people are affected by the pandemic. I know that you're doing a lot of Zoom calls and meetings now. So it's not you know, we're not seeing a lot of events. How are you getting along with that?
1: Well, it's funny because with what I do, I was using Zoom already. That's how I do my coaching with kids and I was like, you know, oh, I'm good. And then, well, everyone started using Zoom and then Zoom started changing things. And I'd go on a call and I'm like, wait a minute, where's this? Where's that? Why is it doing this? Why is it doing that? Not maybe quite as a learning curve as others, but yeah, I was already doing online. So it's not too much not too much of an issue from that perspective.
0: Yeah, you know what? You could add uh, coaching people on Zoom to your uh to your yeah. uh, skill sets, yeah. you can be a coach for Zoom. I'm telling you, people need it these days. They're they're on Zoom a lot, so definitely.
1: Yeah. Well, my background, my corporate background, is instructional design. So yeah, so that that's wide up my wheelhouse. <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. There you go, Lori. Let me ask you this: uh, You know, a lot of students are, you know, on average, are taking six years to graduate to get their degree, their undergraduate yeah. degree. What do you think is causing this? Why is this happening?
1: Mainly because they don't know what they want to do. They go to a school and either they are like, oh, I know what I'm going to major in. And then they get there and realize, oh, this isn't what I want to do, which, by the way, was me. <laughs> and change your majors. Or they go in without any plan, just knowing, oh, well, I'll figure it out while I get there. You know, it just is not. And that's where you get the average rate, I think people kids change their majors at least three times. And wow. every time your child says, Hey, I want to change my major parents can be like, Oh, ah, I guess I'm adding another 15,000 to 50,000 to the bill. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And that's, that's serious. That You know, there's definitely a financial impact, not to mention that that's another year that they're not going to be out earning. So you can you can exactly adapt. yeah now
1: exactly
0: now what can high schools what do you think high schools can do different to help prepare students for college
1: As a the highest regard you know for i mean the thing is in high school there's one guidance counselor for every and i know my kids school every 400 students you just can't get that individual attention now they do have great websites and that's one thing i encourage students and parents to go to their counseling center, you know, website, and have your student take a more proactive role in working with a guidance counselor and gleaning what they can. But also be aware, I, I've heard sometimes schools do steer them in different directions because that's what they like. You know, oh, you want to go to this school. I loved it there. So just be ca- be cautious of that. So I know schools are, especially now, are doing the best they can. And like I said, I think schools can just continue to help help students be there, you know, be there for them, and also make communication more visible and and more timely for kids.
0: Sure. And you know, one thing that you pointed out was, you know, 400 students for every counselor. It's hard for them to get to know these students personally. So you know, sometimes they just might get it wrong.
1: Yeah, and that's why I hesitate when you said that. I was like, God, I I don't want. I know a lot of guidance counselors, they dream of being a guidance counselor to give kids individual attention, but what ends up happening, understandably so, they get caught up in the administration piece, getting transcripts done, making sure testing gets done. And so I have a real heart for them because I know they would love to be given every student individual attention. And I encourage parents to tell your student to do that and do it as early as sophomore year build that relationship with a guidance
0: counselor. That makes sense. You know, with this pandemic and virtual learning, how do you think that's going to disrupt traditional college? I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about that, and I'd be curious about your take on that.
1: I do think there might be more virtual options. I mean, there were virtual anyway already in a a lot of schools, but I think virtual may become more and more of an option for schools. And what I'm hearing as well is that you've related to the housing market, mm-hmm. that it's going to become a buyer's market. You know, it's going to be the, the colleges are going to want the kids. They're going to do everything they can to get them in there because it's a business, you know, and they need to make money too. And they're losing a lot of money right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I I can, I can only imagine. And, you know, it's it's hard for the kids because – on the other side, some people learn better in person. I'm a hands on learner. So, and when I yeah. was growing up and going to school, obviously, you know, I'm dating myself. They didn't have virtual learning, it didn't exist. But I, I don't think I would have done as well. I don't think that one is right or one is wrong. I just think it, I guess it depends on the individual, but I know it's going to affect yeah. the education system. Yeah, well, like,
1: you know, I have two boys. I have a rising senior in high school, and I have a rising eighth grader, and um, both of them are, you know, we're doing all, we're starting all virtual, and they just aren't excited, because they're like, we don't learn stuff that way. We know that. Mm -hmm. But I said, well, utilize this as an opportunity to sharpen your organizational skills, and staying on task, and all that, and it is, it's only for a period of time. It's not
0: forever, so. Now, let me ask you something is yes. it harder for you to work with your own kids because you're mom or is it yes. because this is your expertise do they do they sort of take your advice and say wow that's great we're going to go with that or are they like oh come on mom
1: oh oh it's so funny cuz i do my clients the parents are like oh gosh your kids must just be all on top of it and know what they want to do and all that and i'm like you know why you hire me? Because your kids don't listen to you? Well, <laughs> same here.
0: <laughs> I can relate. I can understand. I have say, I have My kids are a little younger than yours, but uh, I have a 12 and 10-year-old, uh, 7th and 5th grade rising. So I understand. They, they don't listen to yeah. me either, so don't feel so bad. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, I know. That's my every hus- Even
1: my husband's like, okay, she really does know what she's talking about. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
0: I think oldest will get it when he finishes college, when he's graduating and he has that great job. He'll say, oh, mom wasn't so wrong after all.
1: (laughs) It's funny you say that because every once in a while I tell my kids, I'm like, oh, I just am looking forward to the day when you go, oh gosh, mom, you were so right about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It'll happen. It'll happen. Unfortunately, it 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 takes them a little while for them to get there. Can you share why you decided to start my ideal college?
1: One of my big impacts is that I want to make student debt a term, a thing of the past, that everyone, as kids in the future, going, student debt, what's that? Why would I even do that? And I do it because I was that kid, thought, uh, you know, I was in high school, I was like, okay, you know, one, you go to college. That's the only option after high school. I was like, okay, I know my college education needs to advance me to whatever career I want. So what career do I want? Well, you know what? I love the water. What are some jobs that could have me in the water all day long and make good money? Mm -hmm. Marine biologist. Great. That's good. And I got there and realized, oh, there's a lot of math required. And I hate math. So I was one that had to call their parents and go, okay, I think I made a mistake, you know, and I ended up changing my major to communications Mm -hmm. and I then thought I wanted to be in fundraising because I was cause motivated and I wanted to help people and that was the way to do it. And I actually did it for four years after high school Mm -hmm. or excuse me, after college. And while I was successful, I hated it, absolutely hated it. It just wasn't right for me. And so I was 24 years old, living at home, because fundraisers didn't make a lot of money, sure. not knowing what I wanted to do. I mean, I thought I was destined for a life of working at the mall. Mm-hmm. And my dad said, hey, I know a career counselor. Why don't you go see her? And I was like, sure, why not? You know, because I don't know what else to do. In working with her, we identified that I should pursue a career in training development. I did and I loved every aspect of it. I loved it so much that I got promoted left and right. I know the power what a career can do, a good career counselor, and I'm just trying to avoid kids being twenty four years old and not knowing what they want to do in life.
0: That's it's it's a personal, you know, it's very personal with you. It is. I could tell from, from when I met you. And just observing how you work and watching your content that you put out there, you know, this is something you're really dedicated to. So I I get it. I understand. Can you tell us the difference between what you do and a guidance counselor?
1: I do more individualized attention. Now, in school, some schools do have, I do a career assessment with kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And help them identify, you know, actual careers, not just like, oh, you should be in computers or arts. I mean, very specific, like you should be a biochemical engineer or you should be a welder, a wide range of jobs. They take the assessment and we look at the job twice. It says this one over that one. And then we look at, okay, it says You'd be good at this. Let's go look at the job outlook and salary of these jobs. Because mm-hmm. if it's not going to have the salary you want, or it's going to have to live in, or if there's not going to be a job, let's knock that one off the list. Then I also, which I don't see guides, counselors against because the time they're not doing, I then teach them how to network and connect with people in those careers. Yes. Because research shows that kids that are successful after college have at least one internship while in college. And then if they do decide, then we pick the best education, whether it's a certain major in a college or it be a trade school or even a certification. So I grew up this way. I'm sure you did too. And as parents, I think, you know, it's like, oh, you go to college, you go to college. Well, mm-hmm. you don't have to anymore. And why go into student debt? You don't need it to get something that you'll love and be fruitful in. Last night we had an air conditioning guy at our house and I'm sure he makes good money. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Probably has a nicer house than mine. So yeah.
0: <laughs> it's an important job. You know, we uh, you know, like if your air conditioning goes down, you you can be sure that you're gonna be spending money on getting that fixed. That's just and there's there's just such a big demand for that. Can you share what are the biggest mistakes that you think parents make when they're trying to guide their teens?
1: A couple things. One, when you're a kid and I get it, I'm a mom, you know, it's like, well, I don't know what I want to do. It's like, well, why don't you do this? I went to school here or I did this, why, you know, and I've seen you had some interest in this. Let them try out different things. A kid only knows, they only know what they're interested based on what they're exposed to. That's why I love career assessments because it exposes them to thousands of jobs in a short period of time. While you think you're guiding them, make sure that you're not guiding them in a direction that they don't want. You know, make sure to listen to them. Um, um, I was talking with some parents, and and they came to me and said, you know, look, our kid's going to Georgia Tech, so help them get on that path. Help them get to Georgia Tech. And I said, well, why do you want to go to Georgia Tech? What is he going to major in? I don't care. We just want to go to Georgia Tech. Wow. Great school. Okay. And then I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm the right person for you because I really want a parent who's open to yeah. other
0: possibilities. I agree. I've seen that a lot even in in my area where I hear parents say, oh, they got to get into UGA. They got to get into UGA. And, you know, ask why. And they just they, just, they say pretty much the same thing. Well, UGA. They yeah. just, or they're saying, oh, it's in-state. So they're looking at it from a financial. And I get that. But it's like they're, they're a, there are a lot of other colleges like – they don't talk yeah. about the job. They don't talk about what the kid wants to do. They're fixated on the school. I think part of it is sometimes people want to be able to brag, you know, yeah, absolutely. To make it about themselves as opposed to about what's best for the kid. And I've seen that absolutely. in sports and it's just, it's not going to work as they get older because they're going to, at some point they've got to be happy and, and they've got to be able to work, you know, so they got yeah, well, the right, right path.
1: Yeah, well, and, and two things that come to mind, as you said, that one, I wanted to let you know as a follow-up to that story, a few months later, I got a call from the same parent. He didn't get to UGA. What do we do? So wow. it's like, yeah, when you talk about about sports, also make sure that your child still wants to do it in college. I'm hearing a lot of kids say, once I'm done with high school, I, I don't want to do sport anymore. I've done a long time, but I just don't have, it was great, but I don't want to continue with it. And sometimes parents, again, understandably so, but you can get a scholarship. But I can't tell you how many times I've heard of kids going into a school, getting a scholarship in baseball, swimming, whatever. And then they end up quitting because they don't have mom and dad right there telling them. And then guess what? Then they, uh, you know, so it just affects everything. So really listen to your kids. Also, keep in mind that. What you think they're good at may not necessarily be what they want to do. And I have a personal experience with that. So with my oldest, I thought, gosh, I could really see him being, maybe being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Because he's so great with kids. He took my assessment and he actually scored low on teacher. And I thought, wow, but you're so good at it. And he said, I'm good at it, but I don't want to do it as a job. Yeah, yeah. You know, all day, and I was like, "That's what I tell people." And here's, you know, lesson, you know, lesson learned. So, just really be open to possibilities. Because again, also remember, it affects our student debt and how long you your kids spend in college. Also affects your retirement, oh, you yes. know, and being able to your retirement dreams. I can't again, I can't tell you how many parents are like, "Oh, I wish someone had told me sooner that." this decision would affect my future personally as well
0: it does can you please share how you help people who are not taking the college pass because we know everybody's not going to college
1: i actually do have quite a few parents that reach out to me and they say look i know my kid's not college material but they don't want it but they don't know what they want to do and i just want them to be happy and find find something that will make them happy and I'm thinking of one, young, one, one kid in particular, and he was very depressed about it, actually, because all his friends were like, oh, I'm going to this college, I'm going to this. Again, I still do the assessment because the assessment, I use Harrison's assessment, has jobs ranging from no education to PhD. Oh, wow. So a whole wide range of jobs. And he actually scored really high for a lot of trade jobs we narrowed it down to Welder. And when he realized the job outlook and the salary, he's like, you mean I could be making X amount of money while my friends are still in college? I said, yes. And he's like, sold. That's it for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's an easy decision.
1: Yeah. So, you know, he was sad. But again, there's this pressure, college, college, college. And, you know, when they see that No, if you take a little bit of time and look at this and you find something right, it'll go a long way.
0: Definitely. Can you share someone who had a big influence on your life and what did you learn from them?
1: Honestly, my dad. My dad was, was a huge influence on me. My dad was an IBMer for many years, so he taught me a lot about corporate life. I mean, I remember when I was graduating from college and he was like giving me his words of wisdom about how to dress and how to act and he I remember him saying always be nice to the administrative assistant because yes. they can make you or break you that's
0: true he's right My um, dad was in sales yeah
1: he was and he was uh, it went awesome. a long way and just how not to make things difficult you know there are times he's like look why are you doing this when someone else can do this?" so and again if it weren't for my dad you know as a career counselor and you know I wouldn't be where I am today so wow. yeah my dad is a huge influence
0: Good choice. Good choice. Final question. What are some tools and resources that parents can use to help their students prepare for college or for a career?
1: From a college standpoint, if your kids do, you know, you're like, and they want to go to college. There are some kids that do know exactly what they want to do, where they want to go. Of course, with a pandemic, visiting colleges is hard, but there's a lot of virtual tours. Mm -hmm. Um, So go online and just search colleges, virtual tours, and you'll find a bunch there. I would say, talk to your kid as as early as freshman year to what careers do you think you might be interested in? Do you want to do dual enrollment? That was another option that I didn't have growing up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dual enrollment can start in junior year and it could be a good option. It may not be. Um, I have some blogs about that if anyone's interested, you know, how to, how to decide if dual enrollment's right for your kid and then help them network, teach them how to network. I think I might like to be a veterinarian, see who you know, or, you know, go to your local veterinary office, say, Hey, will you talk to my kid, they're thinking about this. Just try to expose them to as much as you can. So they have, have those interests.
0: Excellent. Can you share your, uh, any contact information, how people can find you and your social media
1: My website is myidealcollege.org, O-R-G. That's myidealcollege.org. You can also email me at laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at myidealcollege.org. And, of course, phone as well, 678-761-3550. Excellent.
0: And I'll also have those in the notes. Laurie, we like to end with a few rapid questions, just a little bit of fun uh, a little bit more about you, uh, (laughs) no, no deep, no deep personal secrets or anything like that. Um, we're going to start off with what podcast do you like to listen to?
1: Uh, you know, I actually love office ladies because I was a a fan of the office armchair expert with Jack shepherd. I like that one too. And, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me with NPR, you know, things that. that make me laugh and think are the ones I like.
0: Good choices. Favorite artist or music?
1: Uh, anything from the 80s. Good anything song. from Run DMC to Paul McCartney, anyone. No,
0: I love 80s. I love 80s. <laughs> uh, you know, 80s is a few music that I can play with my kids and not have to worry about the language. So
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. And what I'm loving is my kids are playing. They're like, do you know this song? And I'm like, yeah, I was around when it first came out. Exactly. So I love that they... Yeah.
0: <laughs> Great memories. Yeah. A book that you read that impacted you?
1: The Big Week. I read that last year and I, it made a big impact on me because it talked about how, you know, when you hit something successful and how sometimes you can sabotage your own success, it helped me work through, as I build and grow my business, how to not let, that, let, not let myself get my own way.
0: Excellent. Good call. One thing on your bucket list.
1: Uh, to go to Australia.
0: Oh, nice. I've always wanted to.
1: Actually, in too. Italy. Italy, too. They're both sort of high up there.
0: Italy's nice. You like Italy. One thing you can't live without.
1: <sighs> I know this may sound cheesy, but my family.
0: No, it's <laughs> I not loved- cheesy. No, good call. Good call. I-
1: yeah, yeah.
0: A quote, finally, a quote or mantra that you live by.
1: Oh, you. Kn- there's actually one that a friend of mine said about a month ago and it has really hit me and now it's my mon- mantra is that everything is figure outable.
0: I like that. I agree. You
1: know, especially in today's times, you know, I mean I get on Facebook and I, I just, you know, it's like, you know what, people, I get it. We'll get past it someday. I don't know if we'll laugh about this time, but you know, we'll you know, it will we'll figure ways around it. We'll figure out virtual learning you know, it's not ideal, but, you know, we'll, it, we'll figure it out. Our kids will still grow up. They'll still get jobs. They'll still, you know, so yeah.
0: I agree hundred percent. Like it's challenging times, but it's temporary. We're going to get through it. And it's, exactly. it's a mindset. And I think you know, there's people who have a lot worse. Than <laughs> you got to be grateful for what you have. I think if you wake up and you have a roof over your head and you have family and you have people that love you and you got health, Exactly. There's a lot to be grateful for. I think it just takes people a little while to realize that sometimes.
1: Well, it's change management too. It's when things are opposed. and we have been in this situation for a long time, so yeah. I get it. And believe me, I have my days. <laughs> I'm, not, <be>. yes. <laughs> I'm not an angel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So that's I just try to I constantly tell myself that every day. Excellent. Figure outable. Figure outable.
0: I like that, Lori. Thank you so yeah. much for your time. You have a wonderful evening. Thank you for appearing on this awesome. Skill Stadium podcast.
1: Awesome. Take Thank care. you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.